Maine Beer Geeks Hardball and Hops, episode 66. Welcome to Maine Beer Geeks Hardball and Haunts. Your hosts, the Maine Beer Geeks, Kevin and Rich. What's going on, Gig? Met. <laughs> Metty New Year. <laughs> New Year, same shit. <laughs> Some things never will change. Yep. <laughs> Well, we have so received the, we have received a lot of comments. They like it better when you're muted. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So much with out with the old and in with the new. Yeah. Merry New Year! <laughs> Merry New Year! Oh man! Uh, yeah, no, Happy New Year! Yeah, same to you. Can you believe it? An, another year come and gone. I know. You know, we've uh, it's been a tough couple of years with all the shit that's going on in this world, and yeah, and unfortunately, we still got to deal with it. Oh yeah. Uh, but we were talking about this off air the other day. You reminded me that we're in season three of our, uh, get down there. Yeah. Season three of the, of the COVID. You want to let, you want to let people know what the heck that was all about? (laughs) It wasn't me climbing on the table. No, it's the new, uh, podcast kitty. (laughs) Really? Overstepping is bound. (laughs) All right. So yeah, season three. Um, and, uh, I pointed out that we've had a longer career than Bobby Valentine did in Boston. (laughs) (laughs) That's not really saying a whole hell of a lot. No, no, not really. But you're right. This is the first episode of uh, our season three. For those of you that have uh, been following us from the beginning, you know that we actually podcasted for a year prior to that on another podcast and, uh, broke out on our own and, uh, and here we are. Yeah, so uh, I thought we'd take a little, you know, look back at what we did last year. I know uh, we tried to do as much as we could, and sure. when things when things started uh, happening and and opening up again, we started to get out and about and do a little bit more. But obviously, we've got to work around what we uh, what we're experiencing and you know what we run into and and all of those kinds of things. Um, sure. Well, for one, uh, you and I both feel the same way about health and safety. So it's not like we go overboard and uh, cram ourselves into really tight spots and, and and go back like things are back to normal. Yeah, we, we try to and, and we do our best and we take the steps we need to take and um, obviously follow the guidelines that are out there and, and what the what the tasting rooms and, and breweries ask us to do. Uh, some are a little bit more relaxed in, in terms of, of their approach. Others are still asking you to, you know, keep socially distant and mask up and yeah. So, so we just, we, we abide by that because we do want to get out and we do want to enjoy, um, 
what what we all love. And sure. That's, that's the craft beer. And then, of course, meeting people and saying hi to people and, exactly. and talking, about, uh, talking about craft beer. Well, let's start by uh, talking about things that did not happen this year. I mean, one of uh, you, you and I, um, you know, we probably visited. Well, I shouldn't say it. we probably went to three, four brew festivals every year. We actually did go to one this summer, didn't we? We did. We did. That's right. We we uh, did we did go to the Sebago uh, brew fest, which was fun and 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 really just enjoyable to be out and about. It was outside. Was not overly crowded. Um, yeah, we. It, well, let's let's rephrase it, that. It was crowded because there were a lot of attendees, <laughs> well, but it was a big, true. wide open space, right? So you didn't feel crowded. It you, you didn't, right? It was very. It was it was well uh, organized, and uh, you know the the folks there did a fantastic job of uh, pulling this off, and. Everyone we met and talked to was having a great time, and so did we. I mean, it was yeah. it was a it was a beautiful day. It was uh, just which added to it, which made it nice, and because that's what you, you know, always want when you get the chance to be outside at a beer festival, and you want sunshine so you can kick back and sure enjoy the the fine uh, products that are out there, uh, of which there were many at <laughs> of this which one. There were yeah. many, and uh, just you don't want to be stuck under a tent because it's raining, even though we've you know done that and persevered and, and uh, <laughs> continue to do what we do. And uh, and you thanked your lucky stars <laughs> that uh, Geary Brewing Company was there with their fantastic uh, New England IPA haze trip. Well, of course. You, know, you, that, uh, uh, you, you, you did your fair share of sampling of that one. Yeah, that was a good one to, <laughs> to kind of end the day on. So... Uh, <laughs> I think you started your day on that. Uh, in between, you probably enjoyed, and then you ended your day that no, way. I don't think I went back in between. I think I just started and ended it there. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it was easy when you, you uh, end up running into somebody that you know. Right. And, uh, you know, it happened to be standing right next to the, <laughs> the where Geary was uh, pouring that uh yeah, Funny our, our friend uh, at Craft Brew Cult was there and uh, representing well as he always does. It was a uh, it was fun uh, fun and, and and a tasty visit. That's for darn sure. Oh no doubt, no doubt, and that's a good thing too. Is is you get a chance to see people that maybe you haven't seen in a while, um, and a chance to say hello and reconnect and pick up ideas and share ideas and say, Hey, you know, what, have, what have you tried lately? And, um, and then you can also divide and conquer at the, uh, at these festivals too, because people go off in their separate directions and then you cross paths and it's like, Hey, Hey, have you been over here and tried this one? And yeah, you just share no, what no, you share yet. different beers. Right, that, exactly. That's the fun part of it. That is definitely the fun part of it. I even enjoyed standing in line the other day, running into people and, uh, meeting new people. Those are things that we unfortunately weren't able to do in in uh, 2020. So right, you know that part was nice. Yeah, it, it's good to get back to some of that and and feel like you're you are um, part of something and part of sharing stories and things. And it's that it's that connection. And of course, we've all been uh, we've all been cooped up, yeah, um, quarantined and uh, separated, and uh, it just is 
you know, you, you, you want to be out and about, you want to connect and you want to, uh, see what people are, are doing and, and you want to, and you know, because we subscribe to a lot of the feeds from the breweries, you know, they're continuing to produce beer and you're like, damn, you know, it just, I want to be out and see what people's reactions are to, yeah. And, and beer, some of those kinds for of whatever reason, tastes immeasurably better when you're enjoying it with uh, other people, friends, new friends, right? that thing. Hey, listen, I got way off track. This is episode number 66. We, <laughs> yeah, just, we just jumped right by we that. Did, we did, didn't we? What you do know? you have for me there? Um, you know, and of course, you know, as we've long suspected <laughs> as we get into the higher numbers, the, the choices get... Uh, Less and less. and Well, wait a minute. So this is episode 66, but it also happens to be episode one of season three. Yeah. I mean, we could go back to number one if you want. Yeah, I think we continue because I think it's overall because we got a plan for, for those numbers too. So <laughs> so 66, you know, if we do our usual. Um, but today, here's the thing, Kevin. So today I'm going to choose somebody from your list. We're not going to go off and say, well, you know, everyone sucks on that list. Well, let's dedicate this episode to blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, I was going to do that because, but I, but, <laughs> but, but hear me out. I have a reason for okay, doing it. Okay. I'll listen to you. So, um, number 66 was first worn in 1935 by the immortal Joe Casarella. Casar- wow. Uh, then uh, Daniel Nava, then Drake Britton, then Noe Ramirez. Bobby Pointer, uh, Domingo Tapia, and Brandon Brennan. Most recently, this past season. So well, I mean, you got you got choices. you got Daniel Nava that hits a grand slam <laughs> on the first pitch he ever sees in the major leagues. Thanks to Joe Castig. Yeah, exactly. He said the <laughs> so, best pitch you're going to get is the first one. Go for it. That's right. And he launched it. And he did. But uh, so looking down the list, there isn't really anybody anybody outstanding no, on really that isn't. list. So I was going to go with. Off the grid, completely out of the realm of, of baseball, and bring in a Hall of Famer from another sport in Mario Lemieux. Yeah, I can Super Mario. I mean, who played, of course, for yeah the Pittsburgh Penguins, Penguins, which are now owned by the Boston. No, but by owned by Fenway Sports Group. Fenway Sports Group, which then owns. The Boston Red Sox. Right. So there you go. So there is a tie. So there is a tie. To, so Mario Lemieux, in my book, is deserving for more than one reason. Well, he's also businessman of the year to for, to defer his $28 million salary and parlay that into a $360 million windfall from the sale of the club. Yeah, that doesn't suck. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Happy New Year to you there, Mario. Merry New Year. <laughs> You know, I like your line of, of thinking on that. Yeah, okay. So there you go. So Congrats, Mario. So, so, this this one's for you. So we uh, we, 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 we use the uh, six degrees of uh, separation. separation to uh, tie it back to uh, to baseball in the end. But um, yeah, it was a it was a certainly a challenging year. Uh, all of us personally, uh, you know, to do what we had to do and deal with what we had to deal with. But we did, we did manage to try some, some great beers throughout the year. Oh yeah. There's no question about it. And, you know, I know there's plenty of ways to keep track of things and you and I happen to use Untapped to do a lot of that. Sure. One thing that's really cool is Untapped gives you your, your beer in review, your beer year in review, I should say. I haven't looked at that yet. And, uh, you know, I, I've done better. Although I don't check in as often as, as a lot of people do. 
Yeah, I've, um, I've, I've been pretty lazy about that over the course of the last uh, couple months. But I did manage to check in 237 times last year. Where is that, under your... Uh... I had to go searching for it. So I think I went into the news and then scrolled through the, the news feed and then found what I needed to do. Um, my average beer rating was 3.92. Oh my God, Kevin, look. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I figured because we are usually pretty close. We, we are. aren't very. That's off, exactly very my score, three point nine two. That and that also falls in line with how other people say. You know why you like everything, right? And I'm like, no, I don't. So huh. I, I I increased dramatically from uh, from the year before. So this this tells you how much more I was uh, trying to to be uh, studious in doing this is I checked in uh, 69 times in 2020 and 237 last year. So, well, I mean, that's also a sign of the times. Cause if you think about it, the year before we were relegated to drinking beer in our homes. Right. And I bet you can't guess what my top rated beer of 2021 was. Uh, let's see. Does it start with an E? Uh, yeah, it might. <laughs> As in Edward from Hill Farmstead Brewing. Yeah, that was probably it. That's actually surprising to me. So, and uh, yeah, mm. it was also checked in 8,911 times from the untapped community overall. Well, I can certainly, I can certainly see that because that's, that actually, uh, coincidentally enough, is my top rated beer of all time here. Yeah, me too. You know, it's, uh, you've kind of converted into an uh, more of a IPA fan, although I wouldn't call. I that's mean, a, that's more of a pale ale. Yeah, yeah it's a pale it, it ale. is. So it, that, yeah, that, it's not a. It's certainly not a New England IPA. Right. So that falls in line with with what I've always done. You know, yeah. it's that Sierra Nevada West Coast influence um, kind of type of beer that I tend to gravitate toward in terms of what I like. Yeah, it's um, not as it's not as juicy as a new england ipa right i also think it's not as bitter as a traditional west coast style ipa oh i agree doesn't have that uh bitter hoppy finish that a lot of people really like in a west coast right right it's kind of it's kind of the perfect balance in the middle right so you know and and i think a lot of it and and we're going to get to this and you know our goals for a future year uh, for a future year for this year in in a future episode we're kind of recapping 2021 here um but it kind of falls in line with what we've done in the past too in terms of looking at my other uh like my my other four to round out my top five um Swish, Haze Trip, Haze, and then uh, Double Galaxy from from Hill Farmstead. Um, so I've spent a lot of time in that IPA, Pale Ale, New England IPA uh, category. And um, we're, we're going to try to do some things differently going forward. But um, So, you know, continuing to look back and, you know, I tried 49 different styles of beer. Uh, this is a really cool wrap up that they give you uh, for the year in review. Um, I, I can't even find it. You know, we, uh, we, or I at least tried beer from 73 different breweries, which I found amazing. It is. That's uh, very diverse. Uh, and of course, you know, 
it was funny because well, four out of the top five breweries out of those different ones that I tried um, are from Maine, and one is from New Hampshire. New Hampshire? And I think it was only because they had, and it, it goes by the number of beers that you try from that brewery. Yeah. So I think it was the one time we visited there. Shelling? No, from uh, Spyglass. Oh, when we oh, went, oh, with, when we went with down there with the original geek. <laughs> yes. And well, we tried every beer they had, they, well, they had, and they had including a, their, their bottle pours. Right. They had 11. Yeah. So because of that, <laughs> it makes the top five of beers that I tried from a particular brewery. And by the way, the beers from there were very tasty. They were. Yeah, we enjoyed, we enjoyed all of them, and especially their, uh, the stout that we tried there. And I think one is is because it's you know uh, my top five. The number one was Mass Landing because you're, I, I you're think, right. I think it's because it's right next to where I work. Yeah. Plus, they opened the new tasting room that we went and had lunch there and and food there uh, a few right. times and and tried a, a number of different beers. So that, you know this is this is kind of cool of how how they give this to you. So well, I'm gonna have to d- dive in and find that for myself. So, um, you know, I, I think that, um, yeah, we, we said it was, was that, that challenging year, that tough year. Uh, we want to do some different things to, to look back. Uh, we've got some, some beers today that uh, we're going to try. And they, you said coincidentally enough, uh, these are all out of state beers that they are. And, and they came about because, I had family members who did some traveling and they were kind enough to bring some beer back for me, which is, is always appreciated. And yeah, when people know there's a beer geek in the family, you tend to be gifted beer. Right. So I think I found out where yours is. Sorry. I'm kind of, that's all right. Looking here for you. I'm going to be interested in looking at the stats. So for me personally, uh, you know, this year we, the old standbys are always going to be the old standbys for us. You're going to um, sign in there. So. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Bissells of the world, definitive, uh, you know, mass landing, uh, Gary Brewing Company. Oh, I think so. The, the breweries we we always tend to gravitate to when we go out for a, a you know meet up for a beer or whatever. But you know, uh, one of the there's there's two places in particular that come to to mind for me of where I've really enjoyed going this this year, and you know, one of them is the the new uh, Mass Landing Tasting Room up in Freeport. Love that spot. I love the the energy there, the people that work there. Uh, the beer is always good. And the other is Belf- Bellflower Brewing down on, uh, what is it, Cove Street? Cove Street in Portland. Yep. In Portland. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that we were very pleased to see Bellflower come onto the scene, as I think a lot of people were. Um, and I, th- I think that we, we found their beers very tasty, very enjoyable, and we look forward to uh, doing 
that again with them and visiting them and continuing to do that. But I also think that a lot of what we did is because um, we were limited in what we could do. And some people had tasting hours that weren't necessarily conducive for us to get out and about and do the kinds of things we wanted to do and as frequently. And, and so naturally we tended to gravitate toward um, what was easy and accessible for us and, and convenient for us. And I said, like I said, we're going to talk more about, you know, what our goals are for um, 22 as we, uh, as we look at another episode um, and we're going to try to do some, some different things and, and, and change it up a little bit. But uh, it, again, looking back at, at what we saw last year, um, it, it, was that pattern of, of convenience and ease that we, uh, that we gravitated to and, and they produce beers that we like. And, and as, as creatures of habit, we like what we like and enjoy what we like. And, um, but that's not necessarily what we envision our full mission to be as responsible beer geeks and doing our part to serve the greater good of humanity by going out and trying all the different beers that we need to try for, for people. Um, and, and, and making that sacrifice and, you know, someone's going to do it. <laughs> Damn right. it. It might as well be us. Might as well be us. You know, we're, we're here for you. And, <laughs> right. Uh, the sacrifices we make for the greater good, <laughs> that's right? right? That's exactly right. <laughs> so we, we, and we try to do our best in that respect. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I have a, a new mission looking forward, which I'm going to save for the next episode. Yeah. So we, you we uh, look forward, but uh, you got your stats there finally. I, I do have so. my stats here, and and I'm I'm looking through, and I'm a little uh, I was it's surprising. For example, uh, I don't think I checked in as many beers this year as you did, and, I, and like I said, I've been lazy over the last couple of months. It's 123. I think a lot of it for me was also catch up. Yeah, because I hadn't logged ones that I had tried in the past. But damn it. My average rating was 4.02, so I guess... You do like I everything. guess do I, like, I do like everything. <laughs> but here's what's eye-opening for me. Uh, what I checked in this year, 39 different styles out of 225. So I'm only scratching the surface. Right. You know, which which is, is telling me what I already know, is that is I tend to... Uh, drink in the realm of a little bubble i i think we all do i think we all find mm-hmm. ourselves we like the style we like what we like uh and and that's what we go to and you know <laughs> how many times have we talked about uh, you know on air off air of you go to the fridge and you look at something that's there and and all of a sudden you've seen for me you know if if there's a can of edward and can of something else you know it's like oh you know how can I pass up the chance? Right, your hand automatically a, gravitates towards Edward. Right, exactly. That's why I think for us getting out and about is is exciting because we do get a chance to try things that are outside our style. Although, I will say that we also look down the menu and go, mm, 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 oh yeah, mm, mm, yeah, oh yeah, and yeah. they end up being, you know, they end up having. Uh, uh, Pale and ale, sometimes ha- they have an <laughs> I in front of them and sometimes right. they don't, but uh, those are the categories that we fall into. So in the vein of trying a little bit new and also looking back as we're doing during this episode, 
I've got one here from Sly Fox Brewing Company, which is out of, uh, what did I say, Pottstown, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And this is their Oktoberfest. And smells so great. I've had it at home um, in my refrigerator. And I'm just scanning the can here. Sorry for the... What's the ABV on this bad That's boy? That's what I was looking for. Must here. be right there. Uh, 6.1%. Okay. Um, independently brewed in Pennsylvania, 1995 Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Sly Fox Oktoberfest Lager. So... Uh, Coming you to you today. October and Oktoberfest is the very first beer that I ever homebrewed. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you can. I mean, just in the nose, Kevin. I'm yep. get. I can. I can tell that it. I mean, I can. I get that malt forward. Absolutely. So it definitely fits in there. Uh, I think that this. Um, it's very drinkable. It is very drinkable. And it's kind of what I expect a base, I don't want to say base, you know, uh, an Oktoberfest lager to be. Yes. Although there are different variations on an Oktoberfest beer and how people put them together. But this is, this is if you told me, hey, this is an Oktoberfest lager, this is what I would expect it would taste like, which is which is a good thing because it's it's very tasty. Yeah. Um, and I And I really do enjoy this. Like I said, it's very drinkable. Right. With that said, however, all of the ones that we tried that were brewed here in Maine this year, mm-hmm. to me, were a heads and shoulder better. Oh, I would agree. I and, would agree. And, and I don't, you know, it's, 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 it's a testament to, to our brewers in this state. Again, this Sly Fox Oktoberfest is very drinkable. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. Dissing, dissing it in any way. I'm just saying that uh, the the ones that I was lucky enough to try this year, um, to me, just were more balanced. Um, just a, a a a better experience. I well, don't know. I, why. I think I think for you and and I'm kind of getting the same thing for me. Is that again? This is a lager, which isn't your personal favorite style of beer. Whereas no, but it's the, quickly uh, becoming, I'm quickly uh, gravitating back in that direction. But the others that we tried here were all ales. Yeah. Or, oh, that's true. Or the majority of them were ales. That's true. They not, weren't and, loggers. And not loggers. Yeah. So obviously we all know there's a difference. Yeah. And so I think it's how the flavors are presented in an ale of this type and what you're in the mood for. Right. So I think it's important to make that distinction between this being a lager and the yes, that's being a that's ale. a great point. But as in terms of overall fallish October October festish, even though Oktoberfest technically starts in September, uh, flavor I think the ales are uh, more representative of that type of of beer. So. But it's good. I liked it. It was. Uh, it definitely was enjoyable. So. so on the can, it says, best enjoyed under a humongous tent while you and thousands of your closest friends sing enthusiastically. <laughs> or anywhere, really. It's all about the... This is German. Or while you're quarantined alone with your cat. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go you, you fit both categories well, unlike, uh, <laughs> unlike our, our buddy uh, handsome George uh, Thoroughgood <laughs> I don't drink alone 
very often, <laughs> except for during during um, COVID, because you know uh, uh, my uh, my untapped history is completely opposite of yours. In 2020, I checked in 258 wow different beers versus 123 yep. this year. Now again. I was lazy the last couple of months and, right. and you and I had gone out and, and tried many different beers that I just didn't put in. Um, I couldn't think back on, on putting these in, but a lot of that had to do with when, when the world shut down, yep. you know, and we were isolated. I, I went down into my beer cellar and I did a, as you remember, I took a picture of a different beer every day. Right. Right. And so I, every day I would, even if I had previously, um, you know, put in a, a rating for, for that particular beer, I did it again. Yeah. And, and I think that's part of what, or part of why my reason, my, my numbers are higher Yeah, is because as I said, it's a lot of ketchup that I hadn't put in before. Sure. And then there are beers like you that I tried again and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll throw another rating out there for that. So there's some of that in there. So mine are skewed a little bit in that direction and because of that. So it just kind of, uh, you know, I think if we add, add up the two numbers together, we're probably pretty close and, you know, add them up, divide them by two and, yeah. You get your averages over the course of the two years, and and uh, we're we're probably uh, fairly close in that. So, but so you are more you in the past. You definitely were more diligent than I was. Yeah, in doing this. You'll you'll never guess what my top rated beer was. Now, I will preface this by saying I did not rate Edward again after our last visit to our Holy Land. Hmm. So I didn't I didn't put in a rating this year for, it, but. Uh, my top rated beer for this year was Triple Experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. By Grateful Grain. Yeah. Somehow I got a number of 4.6. <laughs> I know. It does. It's weird how it does that. Yeah. Uh, my Edward, I think, came out to 4.8. So. Wow. I actually had three different beers from Grateful in my top five. <laughs> there you go. Well, it um, is one of my favorite places. Right. Right. And I, I do really in, enjoy the beer there. Yep. Do you have any guesses as to what my top beer style was in 2021? Hmm. <laughs> Let me think. I'm going to go out of the PJ, limb. you want to call in and, <laughs> and venture a guess I on this? I'm going to go out and, at, you know, I don't know if it's specific enough to say New England IPA, but. Uh... <laughs> yes, it was New England IPA. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. Followed by Stout and Sour Ale. Oh, wow. Yeah. Would you have ever guessed it's sour ale? Nope. But obviously a lot of that has to do with the double fruited stuff that's uh, being put out there and the fruited, the different fruited sours, which are amazing. Right. Right. How many breweries did you, uh, did you? 73, I think it was. <laughs> 73. <laughs> well, like you said, some of that may have been ketchup. I was 40. <laughs> My top five, Bellflower, Mass Landing, Spyglass, Definitive, and Bissell. Yeah, and which, again, that's rate, that goes by the number of beers that you rated from that brewery. Yeah. So that's why, again, Spyglass appears there because we rated 11 beers. Well, we apparently didn't rate 11 beers from Bissell last year. So. Wow, Kevin. 
on average, each person on untapped checked in beers made by 21 different <laughs> breweries this year. So you're, you're almost four times the average. And me I thinking am, I'm uh, paling by comparison, I'm doubled. I, I endeavor to excel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you're going to be good, you might as well be damn good. So that's hilarious. The hell, if you're not, you know, if you're going to do it, do it right. Go big or go home. Which cliche can I use? You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, wow. yeah. So I mean, it's and it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, I I I I'm, I was pleased to see it. You know, at first I thought, oh yeah, whatever. But as I scrolled through, I started laughing like you, like we just did with yours. It's yeah. like, oh my gosh, you know. Right. Okay, did I drink a lot of beer? Yeah, probably. Well, um, you know what's really cool is now that we know about this, uh, it's going to be interesting a year from now, uh, checking back in to see if I lived up to what my goals are for myself with regards to craft beer this year. You know, I've got, I've, I have some, uh, some pretty solid uh, ideas of what I want to do this year, where I want to go. And I don't mean uh, I'm talking about with beer styles and, and things like that, not necessarily locations, but uh, yeah, I want to, I want to see, you know, um, what these numbers look like. I mean, I agree. And, um, you know, as we continue our uh, visit of the mid Atlantic, um, this one is from uh, Trog's Brewery, which is in a little town called Hershey, Pennsylvania. I think this is one of the oldest breweries in the United States. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me being from that area. And this is their Trogenator Double Bach. So right now, right, right away, we've gotten into two styles with the Oktoberfest and this Double Bach that we don't necessarily see a lot of or have a lot of yeah, during, exactly. during the course of our, our beer adventures. Um, so this one being a double Bach would, it, as you expect, be a little bit uh, heftier on the scale. Um, this is 8.2%. Uh, it's got a bronze color. Uh, it says here it's brewed with Pennsylvania grains. Uh, it's brewed year-round. The malt is chocolate, Munich, and Pilsner malts. And uh, the description says, One taste of Trogenator tells you this is no ordinary beer. At once malty and crisp. Traditional yet timeless. A rebel with a sweet side. This deliciously dark double bock calls for so much grain, we had to custom build our brew house around it. Wow. Layered with notes of smooth caramel, stone fruit, and fresh toasted grains. Nader is a beer for people who love beer. So this is Trogenator, Double Bach from Trogs uh, Brewing, and I don't know that I'm saying that correct, out of Hershey, Pennsylvania. So What a gorgeous color. Yeah, that is that dark, uh, dark bronze. The Trogenator. <laughs> the nader is as they call it on the can. <laughs> All right, I gotta. You know the old the the saying, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Camera drinks. Camera drinks first. Ooh. Tasty. Okay, I was I, I didn't know if that was a good ooh or a. Hmm. Well, it it um, hit me 
with uh, kind of an unexpected um, um, indication of its 8.2%. <laughs> oh, wow. Is, is the way to describe that. So it's a little potent then what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it is. So this definitely would be a uh, uh, a one and done for me. It falls into that category, and I mean that in terms of um, this is a uh, what I would consider more of a winter warmer, um, where you uh, cozy up, uh, you know, in front of the the campfire and 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 sip on this, or this is your snifter to. Uh, know have your nightcap and close out the the evening so, yeah or a good shareable uh yeah yep smells amazing yeah it definitely does have a, a good nose to it definitely different uh than the type of beers that i typically drink oh it, it clearly is for me but you're right it does have that satisfying mm, at the end mm-hmm it even leaves a film on the glass. Yeah, so that's why I'm saying, you know, you, for me personally, if I had this, if this was my beer with my roast beast, um, <laughs> then it would be, it would probably be a single one. Or uh, you are right, though. That beer demands to be uh, drank out of a brandy snifter. Yeah, for or sure. It would be. Uh, let's let's have that nightcap while we uh, we close out the evening and pour yourself off a little. Uh, yeah, I, I, it would be it, for me personally. Here's what I would do: I would take the can, pour the can into a mason jar, put the mason jar in the fridge, and I would sip on it over the course of a couple of days because yeah. uh, um, it's getting it's getting to the big side of of the uh, ABV scale for uh, for me. This is the double block, right? This is the double block. Yes. Yep. So. Another uh, another uh, you know chance to try something different that we haven't uh, that we haven't tried before. So, um, continuing down our uh, spectrum, we'll keep going here. Um, so these are again all beers that were uh, picked up along the course of of other people's travels during twenty twenty one. And I know we've done some of this before because I had a chance to go to uh, to Texas and we brought back some. Uh, some beer from there, and we've we've tried that. Um, Always fun to do. And by the way, I closed out uh, 2021 with uh, my last bottle of a beer that I brought back from my journey to Texas. Nice. So my final bottle of Ghost in the Machine. Wow. Yep. So I'll have to uh, I'll have to go out and procure some more. Well, we have we do have uh, somebody that wants to. Possibly trade us some uh, Holy Ghost, right? For oh, some of the beer we just picked up. Very cool. So this next one that we uh, that we're going to try is from Lancaster Brewing Company, and shockingly enough, another Lancaster PA beer. Brewing Company is from Lancaster, PA, and this one is um, their Milk Stout, and. It is coming in at 5%. Uh, right, right in the comfort zone for a milk stout. Yeah, I think so. You didn't happen to give that a little... Um, 
I switched there, did you? I, I kind of did, but probably not enough. But it's still pouring um, like it should. So that looks like a milk stout thickness that you expect from or viscosity. Viscosity, yeah. And Emily. <laughs> yeah, there's a. Wow, where did that come from, Emily? That's, that's a throw, that, that's, that's a, a throwback. throwback, huh? Yeah. Wow. The kids listen to the show are like, <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? We are, uh, we're proud to present America's original craft milk stout. Notes of coffee, milk chocolate, and roasted malt goodness play counterpoint to a subtle sweetness from the addition of milk sugar. Still the best. You can't go wrong with our award-winning Lancaster milk stout. Lancaster Brewing, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Five percent alcohol by volume. So, uh, so I certainly pick up on the coffee notes. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, something you and I were talking about yesterday off air, uh, with regards to a, a you know a brewery closing. You know, it got me thinking that when it comes to different areas of, I guess it could be anywhere not just here in Maine. But if you're unfamiliar with a certain brewery or you've had only, you know, uh, minimal experience tasting any of their beer, let's say at a, at a brew fest, you know, the, the thing is, it's the community behind that, that particular brewery that, that I think I, I'm sad for. Because, you know, although we haven't frequent, frequented there uh, very often, I think just once, in this one particular case, we won't name any names. Uh, you know, there are people that that's their weekly, daily stop where, you know, where that's their community. That's where their social life is. Yeah. I, and I think that's what's, what's great about the craft beer industry that we've seen over the last few years, but it's also the, it, on the flip side is also a challenge because the community will undoubtedly come out and support that new business and that brewery and want to be a, a part of, of their growth and want to be a part of making that business a success. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily always lend itself to the craft, craft beer community uh, at large. So, while they do their best to get support from the local market, it also relies upon you know, people like us who will just randomly wander in and then go and talk about that beer and that brewery and try to share their story and their experience. It's always so. It's always sad in a number of ways because again, that's that's one less brewery that's out there, and it also is a business and a livelihood for the people in that particular community. Um, so it, it's, it's, we've always watched it with a curious eye as to, and we've asked ourselves how big is too big and how long can the growth continue? And I think it's kind of the natural order of things, a circle of life, if you will, of, of the industry as a whole that, that, it may be a great success locally, but they do depend on um, either continued and continuous local support or the, the off chance that 
people like us are going to come and find out and, and help spread the word, which is what we try to do. Right. When we, when we go out and about and, and uh, uh, try to find new places and experience new places. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and you know what? It's, it's going to be, uh, the industry is always going to be evolving where new, new places are coming along. Um, and some places for whatever reason, have decided to uh, cease operations, you know, in this case, they're not really ceasing operations. They're just being taken over by another local brewery that, you know, will probably keep some of their recipes. Uh, they're going right. to keep on the head brewer in this case. Oh, good. So they may keep all the recipes, but you know, then they might want to put their own little twist onto that place. And, you know, uh, the, the good thing is it's, it's at least going to be a viable uh, business for people to visit and, yeah, I mean, spend, it, their, spend their off time at. I agree, and you know, we we don't know that it's that it was economic reasons. There could have been any number of reasons, and it really doesn't matter as to why they chose to do what they chose to do and and cease operations or or you know sell their business. Um, I, I we we were fortunate that most of the breweries, many of them, almost all of them, I don't know the exact numbers. We've talked about it in the past, but I, I mean, we know of three that have have ceased operations. Um, you know, a couple of them were were pandemic related, and we know at least one of them was just it was it was time, and they just uh, decided to do something different. Right, so, they got tired. Of, they got tired of the of the the day in and you know the daily grind. If, right, exactly. If and so we we hope that uh, that that we'll continue to see all the, the, the craft beer uh, breweries out there uh, that will, uh, that will thrive and, and, and keep going and keep producing the beer that they're producing. Well, I mean, if you look over the last few years, I mean, you you know, Grateful Grain comes onto the scene. Uh, Fluvial comes onto the scene. Yeah. Bellflower, you know, and they've, they've all to, to certain degrees become uh, places that we really, really enjoy visiting. You know, they're making some, some very good beer. So it's, it's just a matter of, you know, new places will come along and, and your taste will, your personal taste will change and you'll evolve and. Right. Oh, that's a lovely sound. <laughs> so this next one is as, as we continue, uh, our, uh, middle Atlantic tour. Uh, is from a brewery that we both know of very well, although I can't say that I've tried a ton of their beers, which is it, which is interesting because we've met the owner. We have met the owner, and we've tried. The owner happens to be very close friends with our friends at uh, Booth Bay Craft Brewery, so that's where we met him. Right. And we were lucky enough to try, uh, I think, what, maybe three of their selections there that night? Yeah, I think so. I think that's yeah. what they had. So this is Dogfish Head. Oh, that smells lovely. And this is their Hazy O, Hazy IPA. And it comes in at 7.1%. So they describe it as our, ooh, so juicy Hazy IPA, brewed with malted, rolled, naked oats, and oat milk. So... Hazy IPA, you know I'm not going to really care <laughs> yeah, much for this one. Say, yeah, this doesn't fall into <laughs> your wheelhouse at all. I got to say, uh, two first impressions. One, 
love the color of the beer. Yep. And two, the nose is fantastic. So it's hazy, but not no, because I can cloudy. I can actually see through you can, it. Yeah, you can see through it. You. Uh, yep. Now, are they classifying this as a hazy IPA well, or a New England style IPA? They classify it as hazy according to the can. Okay. Uh, that's how they've uh, that's how they've picked it uh, depicted it on the uh, on the can itself is hazy o hazy IPA. So. Hmm. Wow. I like it a lot. Shocking. I like it a lot. <laughs> well, you know what? It meets my list. It has that no, nose. I know it does. And it's got that pleasing flavor. And it does not have that that harsh, hoppy finish to it. And when I mean harsh, I'm not talking in terms of West Coast style. Because sometimes a harsh, uh, maybe that's not the right word. The, the the strong hop finish uh it, it depends sometimes it's just it's bitter it's like really bitter and that's what i don't like well there's a difference between bitter and burn yeah and i don't necessarily mind the bitterness it's the burn that gets me and that can come from New England's, it can come from IPAs, it can come from pale ales. It really just depends on how heavily hopped the beer has been. Especially dry hopped. Yeah. If it's too long, then you're going to get that burn at the end. Right, right. And you don't want the hop to overpower, you know, the rest of the uh, complexity of the beer. Right. And, And I think for me, when I look at the bitterness factor, it's that, piney crispness that comes from some of the West Coast IPAs for me personally that uh, that I gravitate toward. Yeah, I mean, bitter, to me, bitter and crisp are two completely different things. I, I like a crispy beer. But, the you know, sometimes that, that, that burn, as you refer to it, it's too much. It overpowers it. So the description here, Hazio starts with literally truckloads of oats and wheat for a full body, then it's liberally dry hopped to deliver juicy tropical notes of citrus, mango, and pineapple. But the real star is our secret ingredient, oats. The Hazy IPA uses four types of oats, malted, uh, providing cloudiness and mouthfeel, rolled oats, creating si- silky mouthfeel, naked oats, providing a subtle toasted and nutty flavor, and oat milk to amplify the haze and mouthfeel for a beer that is incredibly juicy and hop forward while being smooth and refreshing. So there you go. That's how they describe it. It drinks uh, like a 5% ABV session sipper, even though it's 7.1%. Wow. I wouldn't have realized that was 71 Yep. So I, again, you know, it's 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 all about you know we call ourselves obviously the the main beer geeks, but clearly we uh, we branch out as best we can, and and we're always willing to try beers from from elsewhere. And thank you to uh, to the folks who uh, who were kind enough to bring these back for me. Uh, we do have a couple of more that we're going to go, but we're going to shift directions geographically. Uh, let's say two, uh, two time zones. Uh, <laughs> and that would be go West young man, as Horace Greeley once said. <laughs> and if you kids out there listening, don't know who Horace Greeley is, you better brush up on your American history. Anyway, 
So our next uh, our next one is uh, all the way into the mountain time zone. We are going to go to Grand Teton Brewing Company. And they, if I can find it on the label here, because I looked it up before and I don't remember, they are in uh, Victor, Idaho. Wow. So Victor could be West Coast time? I don't quite know where Victor falls, but it's it's either mountain or West Coast. So we've gone that Does the line out. go right through the state? Uh, you know, I, I'd have to look at my uh, time zone map. Yeah. Uh, and this one is part of their National Parks series. Uh, so they, being named Grand Teton Brewing, do have a ready-made naming convention to follow along. Uh, this is their Parks IPA that comes in at 4.7%. Wow, almost so a session almost beer. Almost what we would consider a session beer. I like the can art. Definitely look, uh, looks uh, National Park-ish. All right, so that, that, that that's pouring nice and light. Almost like a Blondale. Yeah, it's pretty close to that, isn't it? Yeah, and, and while it's hazy, it's hazier than the hazy O. But, uh, you know, I can still somewhat see through this. All right. It's got a nice nose. It's not overpowering. Very subtle. Let's see what I can get uh, here for. You said 4.7% ABV, right? Uh, yes, 4.7%. Had you ever heard of Grand Teton Brewing? I had not. I had not. So this, again, is, is a, a pleasant... Uh, a pleasant gift from from somebody who was traveling, and uh, always always thankful for the opportunity to be able to try something, especially for things that are out west in this area of the country because I don't get out there as often as I might hope to or would like to. A great area to explore anyway, and and I was caught up in the name of the beer anyway, because anything to do with national parks is always of interest to me. Um, having had a chance to visit a number of them. And if anybody has the chance to go out West and explore that part of our country, I encourage you wholeheartedly to do so because it's phenomenal. It's an amazing experience and it is some of the best and greatest scenery that you'll ever come across. Yeah, that's on my bucket list. I, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to um, Yosemite in the wintertime. I want to go back when it's nicer so I can hike and go to the top of uh, El Capitan like you did. Not going to climb the face, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I'll, I'll take the different route. But yeah, We're not going to free climb El Cap <laughs> anytime soon. Yeah, no thank you. But there's certainly all those other uh, national parks that I want to I might even do the the train trip. There's there's a a train trip that like hits 
goes out west and and it takes like two weeks, I think, but it hits almost all of them. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to do it a number of different times and do different sections. Um, I'm not sure that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I, I I would I I would love to go more. And that's, you know, like you said, on the bucket list and future plans is to spend more time out there doing different things and hope to do different things out there and experience more sections of, of the country. I've done it in segments. I, I, I kind of would like to do it like, like you just said, you know, a train trip that goes and yeah. you, you get a, a, a whole bunch of them in one trip. So, yeah, for sure. But, you know, since you take about what? 12, 15 weeks vacation a year, you probably have more opportunity than I. Well, when you have it, you have it. You know? <laughs> can't help that. It's not my fault. <laughs> so my thoughts on this beer, um, love the can art, and that's pretty much the highlight for me. Yeah, it... it um... It's got... It's, it does have a... How it just tastes really thin to me, with a bitter finish. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're they're the 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 nose is even very subtle. There just isn't a whole lot uh, there for me. Um, and again, I mean, we've said this so many times on this podcast. We're just so spoiled here in the state of Maine, living in New England, where we can you know not only sample our great beer, but you know. Vermont, Massachusetts, some New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this so uh, this just doesn't stack up. So if you if you gave me this beer and didn't tell me anything about it, I would tell you that it's a, a West Coast style beer. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't uh, like I think your description of thin was was spot on because yeah. it doesn't have that body that I like from my West Coast Pale Ales or West Coast IPAs. Well, if you're, if you're using Sierra Nevada, for example, as yeah. a barometer, right. this doesn't stack up in any way. No, it's, 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 short, it's definitely short of that. Yeah, absolutely. Def, definitely short of that. Uh, it's good. It's, it's one that you could have a couple of. Again, it falls into that category. It's only 4.7%. Right. So, but it, it wouldn't be... It would fall short of the two criteria I use. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't. I, uh, I, 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 I would. Yeah, I wouldn't want another, and, and I certainly wouldn't drive to get it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But exactly. if someone were to like yourself, be you know, hand this to me, <laughs> I'd drink it. Right. And again, this is this is part of the burden that we undertake for you folks, you know, to to <laughs> you know seek these beers out and try these beers on your behalf. So that you can spend your money wisely, right? And <laughs> choose other options that uh, probably would fall into your uh, your taste profile, and you would enjoy more, and you would be glad that you. Uh, so you're saying that a simple thank you from our listening audience would would go a long way. Uh, you know, not even that because we do just, we do subject our taste buds in a lot of different ways for our fans. You know, it's just it's. It, and you don't have to, you know, you don't have to call in and thank us or anything like that. that that's okay. It just, you just, you know, just know that we're here for you. That's right. Just know that we're doing this for you on, <laughs> on your behalf. It's just kind of what we do. It's what we do. 
And it's who we are. So, our, you know, as we wrap up uh, kind of the year in review. Um, we got one more there, good done gig. before. I know. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> Weed. God. You know, we, got, we do have one more to try. Um, you know, it was a, uh, a, a tough year personally, professionally for many of us um, as we continue to deal with what we deal with. Um, Sports-wise, we kind of... Had a better year than expected, I guess. Yeah, well, if you look back to what we said was going to happen to the Sox in April, and to where, I mean, we, we ended up on a bitter note, and we were bitching and moaning about that. But, I mean, my God, did we ever think that our team would go into a game six of the ALCS? Yeah, but in the end, they proved to be the pumpkins we thought they were. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of teams we root for turn back into the pumpkin. <laughs> I mean, we're witnessing it right now with the Patriots. They gave us that seven-game winning streak and, you know, against some tougher competition. Yeah. In the immortal words of Denny Green, they are who we thought they were. (laughs) So this one is this is called Hop Zone IPA. And and I got to say before we drink this, I'm always interested to know what other areas of the country consider hoppy beers. Yeah. Considering what we have with the New England IPA. So this is uh, an India Pale Ale from Bozeman Brewing Company in Bozeman, Montana, and near the Yellowstone, uh, probably. <laughs> and it comes in. Beth at, approved. <laughs> yeah, it comes in at seven percent. Um, uh, a bold and aromatic IPA made with five malt varieties to create a. Oh, sturdy foundation and huge fruity aroma for the perfect hop assault. Sure to please even the hoppiest hop heads. So, with that <laughs> challenge in front of you, Mr. Bateman. Challenge accepted. I thought as much. I will say, though, uh, it pours like a West Coast IPA. It does. And... To me, it has the nose of a West Coast style IPA okay. more so than uh, you know uh, East Coast or you know New England style IPA. It's not hazy. I can see your ugly mug right through it. <laughs> well, you have my attention now. All right, so I'm going to dive in here while you're playing with your phone over there. So, uh, well, I was trying to look for some additional information. Um, so it's, you're, you're going to like this. It says here we've produced a strong, bold, and fruity India pale ale in the tradition of the fine West Coast breweries. It is sure to please the hoppiest of hop heads, as we said from the can. We start with five different malts. Uh, then we build on this foundation with Bravo, Columbus, and Centennial hops for bitterness and flavor. The piece de resistance. The piece de resistance is a generous addition of a Cascade and Simcoe dry hop for a huge citrus and apricot aroma. It's not huge, dude. It's huge. Huge. Yeah, well. Uh, You know what? This falls into your... I mean, I hope you like it, but it definitely falls into your... uh, I almost don't want to try it now. Preference. I almost don't want to try it. You know, the buildup you've given is well. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's certainly West Coast. Funny thing is, is I can smell the malt. Yeah, I, I don't. 
I don't smell nor did I taste any of that fruitiness that was described on the can. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see why you went to... Yeah. But it still is missing something. And I can't quite put my finger on what it is. It's Again, got... it's not Sierra Nevada. Well, I, and I understand that. And I it's understand, not I understand the direction Pliny the Elder. They're, they're headed in. So, yeah. Um, but it's, I, I don't, and see, I think that's the difference is, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts with other guests and things like that. You get into the balance between the hops and the malts and, it's more than just simply throwing Centennial and Cascade in, in the boil or the dry hop and then calling it a West Coast because you've included those. Yeah. It's how the entire beer profile is designed and created as it translates to the finished product. Sure. And for me, this kind of misses the mark in some of that endeavor yeah it does for me too i mean it's it's a drinkable beer yep, yep. W- would i go out of my way to buy this no uh, would i include it in a flight if i was coming to the brewery for yeah, sure because i'd be curious for sure i curious yeah I, I i absolutely would too it's 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 not um it's not my favorite ipa Throwing a number out there, I'd probably call it a three and a half. That's about where I would land. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it it it, um, it it get it it starts its journey in that direction, but it never quite meet, it never quite gets to the destination. Yeah, I would. That's a that's a good way to put it. And don't get me wrong, every one of these beers we tried, they've been drinkable. You know, if I were to visit your house and you put one out in front of me, I would I would certainly sit down and drink it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, are they do they do they rank with the stuff I prefer to drink? No, I don't think any of I, I actually don't think any of them did. No. No. I think that um, you know, we're we've as you said, we've been blessed with some fantastic beers and we're always going to compare anything we try against those. And we try to do our best to separate what we're drinking from what we know we like, which is, which is oftentimes hard because you fall back into that natural comparison. And again, if I'm looking at these beers and I'm out somewhere and I'm in Bozeman, Montana, and I come across this Hop Zone IPA from Bozeman Brewing, I'm like, hey, oh, okay, give, give me a, give me a, uh, you know, a, a taster of that, you know, as part of my flight, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna experience what it's all about. It does get me curious to look at what other flavors that they have and what else they're producing, and that's the best part about trying some of these beers. It's like, oh, okay, I've had this one. And so what's the rest of their catalog look like? Yeah. And what else do they have uh, 
that uh, that is part of 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 what they're making these days. So it's always it's always fun to try new breweries and and do different things. Well, you know, I mean, part of the fun of traveling is to uh, visit the local craft beer scene and and give it a try. I mean, that's that's one of my biggest regrets. I think over the last uh, oh, I don't know half dozen years or longer is that I haven't really done a lot of traveling. Yeah. You know, so I haven't had, I haven't had the opportunity to experience uh, the craft beer that's out there outside of new England. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's, that's something I'm going to change this year. And we'll discuss that in the next podcast. Well, I think what's, what's been great for me is I've been fortunate enough to be able to, to do some traveling uh, for, for various reasons. And it's not so much for work related as it has been personal related. Um, and one of the things that I do try to do, and fortunately I have a wonderful wife who uh, willingly goes along with those adventures and, you know, whether it's lunch or, you know, her requirement really is as long as they have a variety of salads on the menu for her to choose from, she's okay with it, which is fantastic <laughs> because then I go, you know, okay, there's a brew pub right nearby. And and we've been able to experience that wherever we've gone. And we've had the chance to try different beers and see what uh, see what other places are doing. And I hope to continue more of that. And again, we'll talk about that. So kind of putting a bow on 2021, it was a weird year. It, it was year? it was it was strange. There was a strange energy this year. Um, we had starts and stops. You know what I mean. We, I think we moved forward, especially from where we were in twenty twenty. Um, but man, even in twenty twenty one, Betty Betty White died. Well, you know that's that it sucks. It's it's, it, it's always it's that. like a, it's like the capper on a. <laughs> it's always that. Last kick in the balls. Yes. It's like, you know, you, you had a crappy year, you had a tough year, you had a challenging year, but you know, know what? The cosmos has just one more, you know, you know, let's let's give them a little, you know, up the ass one more time <laughs> before we close the you know, before we flip the calendar. You know, and it's kinda of saying to, to Laura, it's like, you know, I'm in a in a weird kind of way. Not that I'm you know, by any means happy she passed, but I'm kind of comforted that she did it in 2021 to end the year as opposed to starting off this year. Yeah, I hear you. With that kick in the teeth. I know. Cuz that that would have that would have really and here we cuz we, cuz we'd be sitting here going here we fucking go again. Yeah, I know. You know, as okay, let's get that shit done with. Yeah. Let's, let's get that stuff out now and close the door on that. Sure. And now let's start Fresh, start anew, and you know what? That's 2021. Yeah, fuck 2021. Just like we said, fuck 2020. Yeah, pretty much. Well, thank you for joining us today, folks, to uh, you know hear our version of a recap of, of, of this past year. As always, you can follow us uh, on Instagram, Facebook. We've got a new website coming uh, in 2022, right, Kevin? We allegedly do. <laughs> So we'll give you uh, we'll give you few, uh, future details on that as they as they surface. Um, but anyways, uh, you know we, our goal is to get out and about. Uh, we'll let you know where we're at on social media. We'd love to meet you guys because that's our favorite thing ever. 
besides tasting this great beer that we're lucky enough to enjoy, we, we love uh, meeting and talking with you guys. So hopefully we'll see you out there. We're the main beer geeks, Rich and Kevin. Cheers to uh, all of you out there. Cheers to, cheers to all of you and, and rest in peace, Betty White.